Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel. I also write for your entertainment corner. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo, managing editor editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. Uh, yeah. You know what? Chicken butt. You don't have to say about that. You got your choice. You could be crazy or dead. Apparently (laughs) you chose crazy, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, be a podcast from beyond the grave. (laughs) I wish we we had a better handle of the sound effects, because I'm Oh, yeah, for the echo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I really need to utilize this <laughs> this this mixer that we got. I know. We we'll use it for the bare minimum. Yeah. I couldn't even say the word. Minimum. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. You can also find us at TheRealAppeal at gmail.com. Or, you know, you could email us. I don't know if you can find us there. We're not really hanging out in our email. Um, I am all the time. Quite well, lonely. I know. Because you're a loser. if you could please review us on itunes then we will get noticed and um our segments this week are the news our recent review of a quiet place 2 variety time uh our next segment uh our next installment of the berserk tribute review part two uh geriatric cinematic blowout and uh what's the topic mark sound that son of a bitch. <laughs> I, 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 uh, quite proud of that one, too. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. They're all gold. Everything I come up with, common gold. With you, copper. <laughs> Bronze. <laughs> Bronze. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> um, so, do you want to start off the news? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we got... A confirmation of the next installment of the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, it will be called Evil Dead Rise and is headed to HBO Max. Um, how the story goes is that uh, the Hole in the Ground director, Lee Cronin, I've, I've never seen, I think I've heard about this movie, but I haven't seen it. Uh, it's, set, <laughs> I know, it's set to write and direct it. Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are also set to executive produce. Um, so this will take the Evil Dead franchise out of the woods and actually put it primarily in, like, the city. They kind of did that with Ash versus Evil Dead, where he was kind of out of the woods and he was, like, in his, like, little, like, shit-kicking town or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got, like, a continuation of the Evil Dead franchise, which is, like, the Evil Dead series was, like, fucking great. Mm-hmm. I think we had, like, four seasons Maybe it was three. I don't know. I don't it, what three or four seasons, but it was awesome. That was an awesome show, and unfortunately, it got canceled. Mm. Um, so it looks like HBO Max will be taking this uh, and turning it into. From my understanding, it's just it is just going to be a series. Um, uh, Lee Corona, who directed a creepy film called The Hole in the Ground, is on board right directly. Like as I said, um, so it will feature two estranged sisters. Uh, Alyssa Sutherland, uh, she's from, she was in TV's The Mist and Vikings, and Lily Sullivan, who was in Picnic at Hanging Rock and Jungle. Um, it looks like, let me see, Shortcut Reunion Rise, Flesh and Demons, 
primarily battle survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Um, of course, since this is coming out, since like this is going to be a thing, mm-hmm. everybody's going to ask. Fuck, I'm even going to ask. <laughs> is Bruce Campbell going to come back to play as Ash? He always says no. He, he always says no. I know. I like. I got to ask him that question at Comic Con like two years ago, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "I'm done with it." Like. I'm done with it. Like, I want to do other shit, guys. Yeah. This thing, well, first of all, first of all, Bruce Campbell, if you're listening, and I know you are, he's done plenty of other shit. But we want more Ash. Can never get enough Ash. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get Yeah, no, we, I, we want more of his Ash. Yeah, I can never get enough ass. <laughs> can never get enough Ash. You said you can never get enough ass. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um. So whatever, you know, like whatever this is going to turn out, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fact that like Sam Raimi and, oh, sorry, sorry, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are they're going to producing on it is a good thing because they're, I mean, that's their baby. Yeah. And they have done well with it so far. Like I even like the Evil Dead remake that came out like in 2010, 2009 or something like that. Maybe sooner than that. Mm. Um, I even enjoyed that movie. Uh, so I love the series. I enjoyed playing the video games. The comic books are awesome. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a Deadite. I'm, I'm a Evil Dead fan. You're a Deadite? Deadite. Oh, Deadite. I don't know if they actually call it. I don't know if, if Evil Dead fans have a name. You know like how Star, like Star Trek, Star Trek, they have Trekkies mm-hmm. and Star Wars fans. They're called uh, Toxic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Evil Dead has one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Gotcha. Um, Craven the Hunter. So Anyer, Anyer, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to play the Spider-Man villain in his own standalone film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be released January 13th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um... Avi Arad and Matt Tomac, they're producing. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Okay. Avi Arad is the reason why we get those shitty Spider-Man movies. Avi Arad. Here's a story about Avi Arad. Okay. Kevin Feige worked for Sony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like a sis. He was like coming up. You mm-hmm. know, he was a sister or whatever. And he wanted to venture out and be like hey um let's uh i i I haven't i have a great idea for these spider-man movies Mm -hmm. and avia rod was like get the fuck out of my office or like i think i think supposedly like throw a sandwich at him or some shit like that jesus christ yeah avia rod is like a known asshole Mm. right that's why his name has two a's (laughs) right um so this whole Craven the Hunter thing is fucking stupid because they have they have from my understanding this is Sony's universe this is Sony's Spider Verse but Spider Man is not in that universe mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense at all mm-hmm. because the reason why we got Venom is because of Spider Man the reason why we have Craven the Hunter is because of Spider Man though I did read somewhere that uh, that Craven the Hunter has been like. In the MCU with other, like, he went up against other um, MCU heroes. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. He's gone against up up against other like Marvel Marvel uh, superheroes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But his origin story is tied to Spider Man. Gotcha. Like he's like he's Craven Hunter is like an he was like an actual like hunter. 
<laughs> and he wanted to like he 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 hunted the best game in the world and everything like that. Mm. And he was like, "What's what's?" And he actually has like a like a Yugoslavian accent or some shit or Czech mm. accent. He's like, "What's this spider that's hunting?" Whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then he like comes to New York and hunts Spider Man. There's like this really great comic. I haven't read it, but I've heard play about it. It's called like Craven's Last Hunt, mm. where it's like a really really great story. Um, with that, so this it, is it, dumb. So they're doing the same thing with this that they are doing with Venom. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, that worked out great. You know, we definitely know how to be directors. I know. I think that whole thing with Venom worked out because the movie's so bad, people wanted to watch it. They're like, I got to see this trash. No, I think people are actually fans of comic books and shit. Like, no. So it wasn't like, oh, I don't think it was like, oh, is this so, is this bad good or just bad bad? Mm. I think they just, you know, because there are people out there, too, who are like, oh, I'm a fan of this too like no, no, they don't no. they don't think it's bad and i'm like you're fucking dead to me no 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 I'm not, I'm not saying like like the venom character like whatever he I'm like i'm not a big fan of venom i'm like whatever on the character mm-hmm. he got popular because like the 90s like that 90s era of a comic book um helped like boost up venom and like really put him up and, as like and you know and black spider-man or spider-man black as my <laughs> ex-in-laws used to call Oh, that's that's what they used to call Venom. Spider Man Black. <laughs> what the? Hey, you see that that new Spider Man? The Spider Man Black. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but like, no, like that Venom movie was like bad, and I I think what it was was just like people saying that it's good didn't know that it was bad, and Sony was like, well, people went to go because Sony's about they're all about money. Mm-hmm. Any, any sorry, any business is about money, but like. Some businesses are like, hey, we we still gotta we still gotta shell it like quality. Yeah. Other they're just like we don't give a shit. Just, you, you guys are gonna eat it anyway. Like all these you know food companies I've been watching on the oh History Channel God. are all about money too. The hot dog wars of nineteen forty six. But yeah, so what this this story kind of leads into another one, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, he he had some other stuff to say. Uh, oh. So, Spider-Man, um, my brain just drew a blank. Oh, uh, uh, well, here, I'll pick it up. Uh, yeah, it was because people were asking if, uh, like, what's, like, they're building, they have this Craven the Hunter movie that's greenlit. Venom and two, Venom and, um, Spider-Man Black 2, <laughs> <laughs> or Venom 2 is coming out. Um, Spider-Man 2. I know. Morbius is coming out with Jared, Jared Leto. Yeah. Okay. So, people were asking, like, What's up with the Spider-Man universe, but without Spider-Man? Like, what the... F- the Spidey universe. Spideyverse. There you go. That's mm-hmm. what they're calling it. Um, yeah. So, I guess... Uh, Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How many times are you going to have a picture and the thing? Mm-hmm. Um, the president, Sanford Pantic, Panich? Panich, yeah. That's my uh, fault there. I put it twice. Oh. Um, I guess he makes a point of separating Spider from the super, you know, Spider-Man from the other superhero titles. Mm-hmm. Um, he says we don't really think of our 900 characters as the Spideyverse. We have a Marvel universe. The volume of characters we have, you know, wait until you see this next Venom. You don't miss Spider-Man. See th- that that pause in his or th- that correction is like this is one of the characters we have. You know what? Wait, <laughs> that's how I read. Like you know, wait, wait till you see the next movie. 
which is me telling me like yeah we don't exactly know where we're going with this either. yeah exactly so yeah so it's confusing things even further that uh morbius teased an appearance by michael keaton who played spider-man um villain vulture in the sony marvel studios co-production of spider-man homecoming um so since he doesn't really want to release any details he was candid that he expects attention will soon be resolved somehow. And that green lighting Craven, a character who's also tussled with Venom in the comics, fills in another piece of the puzzle. Mm. And he says, there actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed. And I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. Um, so he sounds optimistic, but vague. Um, and he, he goes on to say, the great thing is we have this very excellent relationship with Kevin. Um, uh, Kevin Feige. Right. Uh, there's an incredible sandbox there to play with. We want those MCU movies to be absolutely huge because that's great for us and our Marvel characters. And I think that's the same thing on their side. But we have a great relationship. There's lots of opportunities, I think, that are going to happen. Which is basically... No, we're we're really not really talking that much about it. To me, I'm getting like a whole mm. like let's be outwardly optimistic, but they're not very good at working with each other. Mm. They had that whole little fucking little that kerfuffle. Like bitch fight or whatever before yeah, the like, pandemic where they were like not wanting to renew Spider Man to uh the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and I think honestly, I think that has to do a lot with Avia Rod. Avi Arad, he's very egotistical, and he comes off as a person like, I can create a universe, look at me. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's, like, it, like if like if this was something that was truly possible, they would have not included, they would not have included uh, Venom in the, what's it called, in the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, like, mm. at all. Like, it was, it, if they knew that this was a thing. Right. Um, and it's the fact that, like, they're doing this, they do, and, like, and for those who will argue, well, like, well, they know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, we had the first three Spider-Man movies with Sam Raimi that I rewatched them. They don't hold up. They definitely don't hold up. And then they had the the amazing Spider-Man sequels with Andrew Garfield. They were mm-hmm. setting up this whole Sinister Six thing at the end of part two. And they were like, fuck, we can't do this. So they end up not doing a third one. Mm-hmm. And then they end up. I don't know. I don't remember who approached who, or you know, the who you talk to about if Marvel approached Sony or Sony approached Marvel or whatever. But it got to a point where like Sony, they were they had to like they had to give Marvel the uh, Spider Man. Yeah, and that's like something that Kevin Feige's always wanted. He always wanted like Spider Man in his movies because right. that's like one of his favorite characters. Yeah, just like how Kevin Feige always wanted the X Men franchise. And guess what the X-Men franchise is now? Yeah. <laughs> I do think he'll get it eventually. Like Oh, uh, Kevin Feige and and Spider-Man? Yeah, I mean I know mm-hmm. he has Spider-Man but kind of. Yeah, he doesn't have like full control of like the characters and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um but I I have a feeling like eventually they'll have their way. <clears throat> I feel like anyways. I mean, <coughs> Sony is <coughs> You okay? <coughs> Wrong tube. <laughs> Sorry. I have just have a feeling that Sony is just not like as big as WB is, you know? Where WB just keeps fucking up and fucking up and fucking up, but everyone's like, oh, I love it, I love it. Well, 
Sony has, um, I mean, they have other departments that are, like, technology and shit like that. Like, they're... Yeah, and they have, like, TVs and, like, yeah. you know... Well, shitty TV. But, um, but they, they make the, they make the, most of their money from, like, electronic uh, <clears throat> products. You know, especially, like, the, the Sony PlayStation. That's but all it's they, not good business for other departments <clears throat> to float the one failing department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't see that as something that's going to happen forever, if that's oh, yeah, what's absolutely. happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like, their biggest payout is, like, the Spider-Man movies. That's their biggest fucking payout. Yeah. And eventually, um, like, I honestly don't see Marvel Marvel uh, or Disney, whoever, you know, whoever you're referring to, um, I don't ever see them buying the Spider-Man franchise. Like, because I don't think Sony will ever be like, oh, yeah, we'll sell it to you. Because then... I give it 10 years. 10 to 15. You know what? Okay, if you say 10 to 15, okay, I'll do, I'll, 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 I'll... Oh, what's that? What's the term? See, this shows how much I play poker. Do you uh, want better? Don't yeah, know. do you want better or like, what's a raise you? There you go. Oh, okay. Um, and ten or fifteen years, it, 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 I mean, there's this is speculation. Ten or fifteen years, Disney might be like, "Hey, Sony, we're gonna buy everything from you." That's like, what I'm nah. thinking. Oh, okay. They're okay. either gonna buy everything for <clears> them, or they'll have moved on from Spider-Man in their universe that's the thing i don't think they'll ever move on that's because that that's their biggest cash cow i don't think they'll ever i don't think sony will ever no move not sony Sp- marvel oh. like the mcu Mm-mm-mm. probably i mean i would hate that because i love seeing spider-man in those marvel movies mm-hmm. and i was one of those people where um where i was just like you'll never see spider-man in the marvel universe because of sony and then he fucking shows up in Civil War. And I was like, well, fuck me. I'm wrong on that. <laughs> you know, like, just like I thought, like, I thought maybe X-Men would never go back home. But they fucking did. Like, yeah. eventually they did. And Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Fantastic Four. Yeah. The only, the only thing that sucks is, like, Incredible <laughs> I love the Incredible Hulk. But <laughs> Incredible Hulk, the reason why the Incredible Hulk has never had, a, still hasn't had a solo movie by Marvel is because those rights are owned by Lionsgate. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What have they even been doing recently? Because I haven't seen them anywhere. Salt? I mean, Spiral? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lionsgate, they still make money, but, like, if they can, like, loan their loan that character out and, like, because st- Lionsgate is not a big company anymore. Mm-hmm. If they can just, like, loan that character out and kind of be like, all right, this will pay off for, like, three more movies or something like that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they'll just work with that. Gotcha. Same thing with, uh, I think, with a Sub- Submariner? I think Lionsgate owns Submariner also. Mm-hmm. Who's that? He's like the Mar- he supposed to be like Aquaman. Yeah, he's the Marvel version of Aquaman. Except he's like more of a dick. He sounds like a dick. Oh, he's a complete asshole. Submariner, like what the fuck kind of name is that? <laughs> Aquaman's not better though. <sighs> yeah, depending who you talk to. <laughs> no, the name. Oh, the, oh, the name. <laughs> yeah. Like Submariner sounds like a mouthful. But then Aquaman sounds cheesy. Like. I know. Like Superman. No, I'm joking. Um, so, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with that. I'm I'm not looking forward to this Venom movie or this Craven Hunter movie or this Morbius movie. I, I don't care. No, but I, I am, like, morbidly curious. About which one? The, All of them. All I of just, them? I want to watch them so I could rant about how much I hate them. I don't want to watch them. But we probably will once they come out, <laughs> just to review it. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's up next? Black Panther TV series. 
uh, Danai Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, she is going to reprise her role as Okoye on um, Disney Plus. So she closed a deal um, to have the spinoff series, and then Ryan Coogler's upcoming sequel, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, um, mm. she'll be in there as well. Mm. Um, so Bob Iger said Ryan Coogler is a singular storyteller whose vision and range have made him one of the standout filmmakers of his generation. With Black Panther, Ryan brought a groundbreaking story and iconic characters to life in a real meaningful and memorable way, creating a watershed cultural moment. We're thrilled to strengthen our relationship and look forward to telling more great stories with Ryan and his team. Um, so that's what he said when Coogler's Disney deal was announced. Um, I'm all for the show. But I'm totally stoked about her because... Like, I was introduced to the actress, of course, probably with most other people on um, The Walking Dead as Michonne. Yeah, yeah. And... Ooh, she made us... She made a smart move. She was like, I'm leaving this show. <laughs> she... Well, she... I think what she did was she left mm-hmm. to write for the show. To write for... for the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, Dead. she did write for the show. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, I think she's, just, like, multifaceted, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's getting a lot of attention now for like Black Panther and stuff. So mm. I, you know, I'm glad that she's like not out of the spotlight forever. You know. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm I'm totally stoked for this because um, I mean, this is gonna be like this is gonna have a series based like in the Black Panther in the Wakanda world, and it's gonna be like the Doors Melange and stuff like that, which I think is gonna be completely fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like. If they had to do like some black ops kind of shit mm-hmm. or something like that, that oh. um, I was listening to the Nerdpocalypse and Micah over there had said um, this would be a great way to introduce the the MCU fans to Latveria, which mm-hmm. is the country where Doctor Doom reigns, and it's mm-hmm. like that's how they can bring Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom and Black Panther have always butted heads. Actually, Black Panther and Submariner always butted heads mm-hmm. and shit like that. So this is so they're saying so I mean this is what this is what uh, Micah says a theory uh, or it'd be a great way to bring in the Doctor Doom character but just like the whole Black Panther world it's I mean that movie was a huge fucking hit and everybody's just waiting for that sequel and and Disney Plus they always do that where they're like okay we're gonna do this show mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see them like bring the next story into it or like mm-hmm. an idea yeah yeah like how they did with i'm not gonna say what it is but in case you haven't seen it but with uh, the falcon and the winter soldier oh oh yeah you know yeah. like and and they did the same thing with wandavision too mm-hmm. yeah. so like maybe they will announce something like that with uh oh i don't doubt that yeah with the black panther spinoff mm-hmm. um and i always liked her i don't know what it is with her there's like some actresses like i can't remember her name now but she was in the HBO series um, with the Lovecraft. Oh, uh, Homegirl from uh, His House, right? Yeah. Um, let me get the actress's name. I know like, you're talking both about- of these actresses, like, like I can't really say anything about them culturally, but mm-hmm. like, it's like like Wunmi Masaku. Wunmi Masaku. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they, something they I- have so much strength, and like it's almost like a quiet like inner strength yeah yeah i don't think for the most part you get that from like white actresses you're more likely to see that in like a black actress and i really Mm. fucking love it for 
like women in authority or women as like superheroes or whatever, mm-hmm. like they do it so well. Like I love it. I want to I want to go on that story with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I want to follow this character mm-hmm. so I can like I don't know, so I can just like experience that. You talking about for uh, the Okoye character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah, like those, like, and that's the thing when the when the doors the doors Malage came out and Black Panther, people were already just like, I can watch another, I can watch a movie just with them. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And now we're essentially getting like a series that's probably be just if I would circle that group. If not, definitely like what goes on like in Wakanda, and I and I think that's when you can get into like because if you get into like like the Black Panther comic mm-hmm. books, it's there's actually like a lot of politics. Because they talk about like helping other nations and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and overstepping and all that kind of shit. I wonder if they're gonna use it as a way to like, because they weren't gonna replace um, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna use the show as a way to kind of like, and like say, oh, he went on this mission, or he's. Oh, I don't doubt that. You know, so yeah. that or you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just wondering if they're gonna use it too. I uh, yeah, because we because even though like you know Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us, and they Kevin Feige said they're not replacing the character, I'm sure there's gonna be like hints. Like they there was like a subtle hint in uh, Falcon the Winter Sol- Soldier. It wasn't anything gr- grand, but it they, it was still a mention of Black Panther mm-hmm. of that character. So I imagine yeah, this one they're gonna be like, oh you know where's T'Challa? Oh T'Challa's you know some secret mission or some shit like this yeah. diplomatic kind of thing or whatever i wonder if they're gonna make it like oh he's here but they really don't know where he is but they yeah. don't want people to know yeah yeah kind yeah. of like if the president ever like died or something they wouldn't want to be like oh he died oh yeah yeah they'd be like oh he's fine you know like, yeah like, like they want to like set up the nation for security first yeah of course um is that it for that story yeah um all right, for our, so for our last story, uh, it looks like AMC, Regal, and Cinemark will no longer require masks for vaccinated people. So this bugs me because they're just straight going on the honor roll system. They're not going to be like, oh, let me see your... Uh... Vaccination card or anything like that. Um, so in the CDC guidelines, masks will be optional for... Inoculated. Inoculated. Uh, what's that? Patrons. Patrons, thank you. And will be strongly encouraged for all others. Um so, uh, Cinemark chains are continuing to enforce other COVID-19 uh, safety measures. Um, the AMC, was it AMC? I think it was AMC had left a statement. Yeah, it says, consistent with the latest CDC guidelines for following uh, consultation with public health experts, AMC theater guests who are fully vaccinated are no longer required to wear face coverings at AMC locations unless it's mandated by state or local ordinance. Um, the... <laughs> And, and the Regal website uh, has said vaccinated people no longer need to wear masks or socially distance. The movie theater industry will continue to meet or exceed state and local public health guidelines. The reason why Kelsey and I brought this up is when we, we went to go see A Quiet Place 2. And Kelsey and I are fully vaccinated. Uh, you know, Pfizer group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like we went into this theater and the our local theater, which is the Claremont Five, um, it's not a huge theater. Mm-hmm. Um, we sat there and we still wore our masks and Kelsey had noticed that there were people just not wearing masks. Like almost everybody. Yeah. I know there was like two people in front of us that were still wearing their masks. I was like, and, but see, my focus was just on those two people and like Mm -hmm. the movie. I wasn't like looking around all. So I I just assumed like, oh, maybe everybody else is wearing a mask. Yeah. I didn't till close to the end. And then I was like, they're not wearing a mask. They don't, none of like, I think only one or two groups of people had 
food, mm-hmm. but they weren't eating it. Yeah. Like, put your mask back on. Yeah. And like everybody else who wasn't wearing a mask, they were just not wearing their mask. Or one person had it down below their chin. Like, <sighs> it was on their chin, but it wasn't covering their mouth or nose. Just not wear Just don't wear the fucking... Just don't, don't go. Like... And nobody came by to check. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody came by to check, like, at all. Like, usually, even when the movie is going on, someone will be with the flashlight, mm-hmm. you know, looking to make sure nobody's recording or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody came in. Yeah, so that was... So then I was... That's the thing, because I wanted to take uh-huh. uh, my daughters to go see Cruella at the movie theater. Yeah. And then once we went to there, I was mm. like, Nope. <laughs> you can't have fun because nobody else wants to follow the rules because everybody's so fucking entitled and i hate it yeah yeah and like i mean like like i said we went to go see a quiet place too we wanted to review it especially specifically because we really we really want to see this movie um but i think like the next few movies it's like we, we don't need to go to a theater yeah if we don't have to go mm-hmm. we won't go we're vaccinated like whatever mm-hmm so it's not like a huge, huge deal, but like, I ain't still a chance in it. <laughs> I, that's yeah. me too. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I know we wanted to see Dune on on screen. I'll still see Dune on the screen. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's that and like the Green Knight. Yeah. I really want to see the Green Knight, but see, that's like in October. Au- no, I think that's in August. Oh. See, that's in August. So hopefully, it'll get better by then. <laughs> Maybe. So I don't think it's gonna get better for us by then like mm. we're vaccinated and all they're gonna do is loosen the standards and we're gonna have to either sink or swim like either we're gonna go or we just won't go <laughs> you know what we should do we should get um we should get like an actual like whole like helmet <laughs> with an air tank and be like fuck it <clears throat> just to be sure <laughs> yeah we should do that all right is that it yes all right what we got next now we are going to do our recent review of a quiet place too How happened? A bomb, I think. synopsis is following the the events at home the abbott family now faces the terrors of the outside world forced to venture into the unknown they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path Uh, directed and written by john krasinski it stars emily blunt john krasinski millicent simmons noah jupe and cillian murphy and jimin honsu um I was kind of mad on this one. Yeah, me too. Um, it sucks because, like, the first one was... Okay, I'll say the first one was really great. I feel like I need to revisit it to see if it still holds up. Um, so, yeah, surprisingly, this one was very, like, meh. 
Like, yeah, I guess, you know, it's it it felt like it felt like this movie could have been like cut cut enough to like continue part one and make it like a tight like two and a half hour, maybe three hour movie. Yeah. So first of all, you seem more disappointed than I am. No, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say without spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Um, Millicent Simmons, I always love her. She she was good in the first one. She's mm. good in this one. Yeah. Emily Blunt, same kind of performance. Mm. She was good. Um, she had a lot of sad sad eyes, sad pup, puppy dog eyes in this one. Yeah, I guess she did. <laughs> Cillian Murphy... There were times where I saw him, and I'm like, that's not Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Wait, that is Cillian Murphy. No, that's not him. Mm. And he just has so much facial hair. Like, yeah. So much. Yeah. Like, but then I, finally I got a shot of him where I was like, okay, yeah, that definitely is him. Because mm-hmm. you, like, you can't mistake those eyes. Yeah. Um. I wish they would have stuck with the beginning of the film as the story. Oh, like maybe consider it as a prequel? Yeah. Mm, okay. I would have preferred that. That would have been interesting. I think that I think that would have been interesting if it was um if it more was like a prequel because like they kind of like circle that. I mean, it's not a spoiler. I mean, yeah, it's not much of a spoiler because they 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 show it in the trailer that mm-hmm. it shows you like, "Oh, this is like when shit popped off," you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if like they if they had expanded on that a little bit more, I think that would have been more interesting to include. Um I feel because the fact that there is a third one coming out, mm-hmm. um and that the script uh is turned in, uh Krasinski has said that writer director Jeff Nichols uh, the guy behind Midnight Special, which is a great film, um, has already written and handed in the script. I f- edit, but it's no one knows if it's like a prequel or sequel or whatever. I feel like that might be a prequel. I don't really. So, because they already have kind of a prequel thing going on, yeah, yeah in yeah. this film, mm. um, unless they kind of want to expand on it, yeah, but yeah. like. I don't think they're going to because they already mm. kind of have the prequel part. Like uh-huh. they are, you they already showed you what happened. Kind you know they just didn't show them trying to figure out how to set up their house and like yeah and like this like because because like the first one it's like day four hundred sixty seven or something like that. Um, but there's there's not a whole lot of like well what happened in between that mm-hmm. you know like the fall of civilization or like how. How they got to that house or how they expand on that and everything. Yeah. Um, so so to go off of what you said, yeah, if if they do do a third, I mean, if the third one does is actually done, mm-hmm. it probably, if anything, the only way they can go is to really actually further expand on it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe jump into a different location because this location. Or expand on the world of the aliens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe further understand them or something like that. Um, because I felt like this one was just like, I don't know. I, I was just so, I was, some of it was kind of a shoot. Like, um, they phoned it in like this makes uh, sense. Let's do this. But it wasn't spectacular. Yeah. It was kind of boring. And like some of the decisions that are made, you're like, okay, like mm. everything that, to me, everything they did in the first one made sense. Mm. And this one, it was like, 
no, you're writing it like it's a horror film, and horror films these days are really mm. fucking stupid. Yeah, this movie had a lot of jump scares. Yeah, it did, and I know you were sitting a seat apart from me, and I know mm. you probably felt me. I saw you jump scare like once or twice. The funny thing is, like, I've seen enough horror movies, especially enough bad horror movies, that I I can start predicting the jump scare. Like, all right, here it and, and this like this is a little secret, but well, not much of a secret. Um, a little bit of like knowledge to pass to Kelsey. If you ever see me plug one ear in, mm-hmm. that's me saying they're about to do a jump scare because the key to jump scare is like blah, like loud ass noise and shit. Mm. So there was a lot of blah, <laughs> coming out. <laughs> Um, okay, so what did you? Okay, so do you want to expand further on the on the performance? Yeah. Um, so Millicent Simmons, I will always like her because her character is really strong. Yeah, her right? character. Her character had a great great arc. Yeah. In this one, um, she is her character is a lot like her father. Mm-hmm. So um, she plays her really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Blunt, she. She was like, you know, the strong mom that she always is in the mm. films, too. I I didn't... The only really standout to me was Millicent Simons. No one mm. else really stood out. Mm-hmm. And I really like Celine Murphy, and I kind of wish that he stood out. I could have got more of his character. I wish more of his character was in this movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted more of him because I feel like there wasn't enough, so I don't care that much about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's a great actor mm. and also he has a good American accent. Yeah, he does. He, <laughs> I mean, he does do that, that he still does that British, British take on American accent, which is like, like nasally or grovelly or something like that. Yeah. But he like, he works it out. He, he wasn't as bad as like Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie or Rick from The Walking Dead. Oh, God. He, he wasn't oh. as gravelly. You know, he was more intentional with his words, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But not, it wasn't distracting. But mm-hmm. he was good, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say anyone really stood out except for Millicent Simons. Yeah. Um, I, re- I remember her being, like, the breakout in the first movie, and she seems to be the breakout for this one. I think, from my understanding, uh, John Krasinski and, how you say, Melissa Simmons, right? That's Simons. Her. Simons. Um, I've, I've read interviews that, like, they really connected on the previous movie, mm-hmm. and I felt like he put more of that connection into, because Krasinski wrote this script, um, he put that more into this into this into the script for the sequel to have her have like even though she doesn't essentially talk mm-hmm. like it i mean it's like that deaf type of talk where she's like uh, kind of like announcing uh, i say announcing her enunciating wo- yeah like her words and stuff mm-hmm. like that but still it was like still like a great performance and still like really feeling like those emotional moments and shit like that yeah one character that annoyed, annoyed the fuck out of me was his name noah jupe yeah the one who played marcus oh man i was like yo just kill that kid he's pointless oh he's watching the kid just kill him the baby's more the baby's more helpful than that kid I don't, that's not what i said <laughs> oh, i yeah, was like said, why do they have a newborn baby they should have just killed it i know you were like you're like they should just eat it's that a baby. huge huge liability yeah, I know. well that's the thing like that's the thing i thought i honestly thought the thing with the baby was gonna be more of like of an issue like this was gonna be like because they essentially have, like, this walking alarm clock with them. Yeah. And I kept thinking, like, oh, that's going to be interesting. How are they going to work their way around that? Oh, simple. 
put it in a box. <laughs> like that. Put it in a box. I know. <laughs> um, um, so what do you think of in terms of like the horror or the thrilling aspect of the, of the movie? I was kind of mad on it. Mm-hmm. There were parts where I kind of, my imagination got away from me mm-hmm. uh, before something happened. Yeah. Um, but then it didn't end up happening and I was like, oh shit, like that wasn't even anticipating the right thing. And then when something does happen, then I'm like, well, that was kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so it wasn't like, so it made it really kind of anticlimactic, honestly. It wasn't very suspenseful I, to you know me. What? I heard, I've heard the same thing. People, I've heard a couple of people say like, yeah, it seems very anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, one thing that this movie had suffered, uh, no, actually, you know what? I'll hold off on that because I feel like that can be. A, I feel like if I say this term, it's gonna be a spoiler. I feel like everything we've been saying for the most part, other than Millicent Simons, has been pretty negative, and I just want to p- point out mm. that even though it's anticlimactic, it's not a horrible film. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I was focusing on the negative. I can. I. So let's. Yeah, the positive part. Oop, hit the mic again. Okay, positive part. The first 10 minutes mm-hmm. are great. Yes. The first 10 or 15 minutes are great because they, um, uh, the editing was done fucking well because how they were like uh, giving you like different perspectives of like people of like why this chaos is going on and stuff mm-hmm. like that and how they were like fucking with the sound mm-hmm. to kind of put you in the mind of Reagan Abbott's character, uh, of the Reagan Abbott character. Mm-hmm. That I was like, yo, you are starting off super strong. Mm-hmm. And it was like really great. And I think I actually I think that shows how like Krasinski is like is growing as a director. Mm-hmm. That he can make something very thrilling and very exciting. But it's also like at the same time, uh one step forward. Well, I'll say one step forward, one step back. Be- I take that back, I'm sorry. Two steps forward, one step back. Um, because from then on, it kind of just like like how we say it, it just kind of like meanders. Yeah. It kind of just goes like, all right, like that same energy is it seems like not there except for like one time that energy does come back Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about that in the spoiler section um one more thing you were talking about the editing and i just want to point out one scene that really jumped out at me is there's a point where millicent simons is Mm -hmm. really scared and alone Mm -hmm. and she's upset and she can't hear anything Mm -hmm. and they took the audio away Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. you can't hear anything either, except mm. maybe, like, a mild buzzing sound, I think. Yeah, like a humming noise or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and then Cillian Murphy's character pops into the scene, and then you can hear again. Like, it's like you get the perspective of the mm. deaf person and then the perspective of the the person that can hear. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you do that. I mean, they do that in the movie, and, like, it's it kind of goes into, like, how her acting is so well, because there's, like, no sound. But you feel all that emotion, mm-hmm. like all of it. And I was just like, damn, like, why is this woman not in like other shit? I like, I don't know what other shit she's in, but I was just like, I want to watch more of her shit. Mm-hmm. That's some great one. That's like some. Um, uh, I, I like people are, like. I bet you people thought Peter Dinklage wouldn't fucking go anywhere, and he's an actual legit shit that does not. Oh yeah, yeah. Like surround his um, his height. Um, let me find. There, because there's a because her performance, um, Michelin Simons, Millicent, Millicent Simons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her performance actually kind of reminds me of uh, Marilee, Marilee Beth Madeline. Oh, Marilee Madeline, she's like an actual actress that is deaf 
but she's won an Oscar. Yeah. So like I I have like a I have like a feeling of that mm-hmm. with with um with with the Simon's Simon's character uh, sorry the Simon actress. She has the ability to act with the same intensity as Anya Taylor Joy. Oh yeah, oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. You love that girl. I fucking love her. <laughs> I think she's my like my one. You know, if you like have a partner and if any if you were had the chance to sleep with anyone from a hall pass yeah yeah that's your hall pass (laughs) yeah that's a good hall pass i gotta (laughs) deny that plus i think she can sing i wonder if she can i wouldn't doubt it because i think i saw her singing something recently she probably has oh wait that trailer oh last night in soho Oof. and talk about it in the news but last night soho trailer dropped and my man edgar wright just Doing it again. Just, you know, being a badass. My brain already thinks it's seen the movie. Uh-huh. And then I, ha- I have to remind myself it was just a trailer. It was just a trailer. Like, <laughs> like I gotta wait for the movie to come out. Yeah, I've never yeah. experienced that with a movie before. Yeah. Um, okay, so you want to hop in the in the uh, spoiler section? Yes. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're going to get into the spoiler section. We're going to talk in great lengths about uh, A Quiet Place 2. Uh, so for those who have not seen... Uh, the film, uh, and do not want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. And we're back. Yes. Go ahead, you lead off. Okay. No, I'm trying to think. Should mm. I start from the beginning? Or should I start for, with the thing that bothered me the most? Just start with the thing that bother, bothered me the most, and then we'll go back to some of the positives. <sighs> okay, there's two things. Mm. The, the very f- number one thing is when... Like, I love the fact that Millicent Simons is the one who's like, I have this plan, it's going to fucking work. Yeah. So she found a boat. Her well, Cillian uh, Murphy's character, mm-hmm. um, Emmett, found the boat, but it was her boat. idea to look for a boat. They found a boat. They found a boat. And they get to the dock. Mm-hmm. And there's these fucking crazy ass people. <laughs> like, to me, they mm-hmm. weren't believable. Like, mm-hmm. I could understand there being a level of, like, insanity insanity or mental health mm. illness mental illness yeah that comes along with uh, oh, post-apocalyptic alien yeah. whatever yeah but the way they did it was very disney it, okay explain like like a like a stage play okay it felt like pirates of the caribbean or the descendants or something mm, like okay okay like it was oddly like like the way they did their makeup and they had their like yeah, their their uh, C tools that they were using and like you know what I for okay I okay I think I think this is what you're trying to say I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to like mansplain you or anything for a film that's like post apocalyptic they didn't fit the bill of it like they didn't feel they didn't fit that universe yeah 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 like they felt like they should have been in a different movie and I and we're not saying like. They should have looked a certain way or something like that, but they weren't as convincing. No, they like, weren't because they made them like, like 
uncivilized, mm. but not to not in the way that they should have been uncivilized. Yeah, like they like the way that they looked uncivilized, it didn't match the uh personality or the attitude of them being uncivilized. Like it was almost mm. like they couldn't really talk or something. Mm. Like Yeah, and I want yeah, yeah. Like it, yet they can still fucking talk. <laughs> they can still talk. They uh, can still communicate with each other. They just are kind of evil. They yeah. should be just be evil. They shouldn't be like like uh, we devolved like I don't know a thousand or so years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or more than that. It, it felt like those people like those people look like they they came out of a Burning Man concert and they got they took too much acid and got lost. That's what they look like. Yeah, but then they thought they were under attack or some shit, yeah. and then they just <laughs> yeah. went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So they bothered me, and then when we started talking about it a little bit more, we were like. Are they just like living on the boats? Like Yeah. Like where did they come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was Yes, yeah, yeah. And like you like you you pointed something out that would have been interesting that would have probably made it more fitting if like um that whole attack scene happened like on the train. Mm-hmm. Which it makes more sense because you said like there's more places to hide, you know, there's more of a warning or whatever. Yeah. And these people are like, Oh, they live at the docks. Well, how? Like yeah, like, how are they living at the docks? Like, yeah. it didn't really make sense. Also, the fact that there's an island right there. Mm-hmm. So, you mean to tell me that not one of those people thought, not even one time, mm. to go see what's on that island to see if it's safer? Yeah. That they not one time saw a flame or a light from any of the buildings over there and mm. were like, oh, those people can save us? Yeah, yeah. Nothing like that. They were just fucking crazy people. Yeah, and like those people that were on the island, they you didn't see, you didn't have a sense much, a much sense of a like of a defense, like if they like stored weapons or anything like that, or in case an attack happens. Like I don't know, the fucking alien, an alien creature will get on that island somehow, mm-hmm. which. They, yeah, they didn't really have much of a defense. And also, they were calling people to the island, even though they had previous experience with people being cut throat, even trying to get to the island in the first place. Yeah, I think, like, that kind of explanation, you have to really kind of do, like, leaps and bounds. Like, well, I mean, they have to figure out the signal. Then they have to figure out to get to that island. Then they have to figure, But it's just kind of like... But then... I don't know. It seems like it's, it's almost like a... Like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we want people to come to this island, but you got to figure it out. But you got to have people figure it out to get to the island to begin with. So what makes you even know that they're going to figure out to get on the island? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you don't want people to get on the island to figure it out to get on the island. But then you're kind of like, what happens if you have to get off the island? Right. You know? Yeah. Plus, you don't know, like, if anything has gotten better. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's just... Like, it, it didn't seem... It didn't seem th- thought out enough. I wonder if the third film, that's making me wonder, actually, if the third mm. film is going to center around their idea of the sound they can make with her hearing aid and mm. and, and uh, speaker. Mm. Because it seemed like they wanted to get to that island to then basically... Oh, like transmit Like it. regroup and then let everyone know this mm. is how you get, like, you can kill them. That's a, and the funny thing is, like, as soon as, like, as soon as they got on the island, I was like, all right, I know how this movie ends. And we still had like I think what fifteen twenty minutes left. Mm-hmm. I I are I mean that's the thing like and I was saying that oh like, anybody's gonna figure out the ending but it, it kind of sucks that like that's what kind of takes me out of a movie if I can figure out how the movie's gonna end mm-hmm. within like half hour or something like that you know I'm just like 
what the fuck? Like, I, I, then yeah. my brain just goes like, okay, I why am I watching this now? Exactly. Um, so the second thing I want to say is mm-hmm. Noah Jupe, um, his character Marcus was annoying as shit. See, okay, so if you haven't seen the first one, this is a spoiler. Okay, so what I think what caught so many people on the first one was that when the movie started, the youngest died mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Because like people were just like, wait, wait, why is why is like Krasinski running to his, towards this kid? Like, what's going on? What's going to happen? And it died, and that let that let the audience know, okay, these people do not have plot armor at all. Yeah, and I think that's what I think that's what made it so thrilling. And then they kill Krasinski at the end, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, they really don't have plot armor. Holy fuck, mm-hmm. this movie characters have plot armor yep and i was just that's what bugged the fuck out of me and i and, and i think that's why i'm just like man on it because the first one you're like oh my god these like and that's the thing they could have um one i knew the Cillian murphy character was not gonna die mm-hmm. like i knew it because i was like because the way how like the like the creature was coming up on it i was like oh that's just like how krasinski died in the first one so i, I already knew it was like krasinski's not gonna do it again because mm-hmm. that's just cheap yeah so of course i like I said, I saw the fucking ending coming. Yeah. Um, but if they did something else where like Emily Blunt's character died, yeah. you know, or even like the baby dying, I would have been like, whoa, okay, I'm totally with this movie. Or even Noah, it just made sense like that Marcus died. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he got caught in that fucking bear trap on, in, yeah. which was, that was also annoying because like. It should have broke his fucking ankle off. <laughs> yeah, like bear, bear trap logistics and shit like that. But it's you know logistics. It's Hollywood. Yeah, logistics, right? Um, so it annoyed me that like what's his name, uh, Jaman uh, Hansel. Um, his character death was so fucking point. Like I like I, that's that's when I was like, you didn't have to kill him mm-hmm. because like that character was like when the when the alien was attacking the island, they were like, he wasn't running away. He's like. I need, like focused need to yeah. do this get the, and, like get the kids put them in the closet like, you know get in the car we're gonna take off blah, blah, blah. and you need people like that exactly and then like when they get to like the radio station he's just like wait did we, did we lose it I gotta make sure my kids are good I gotta make sure my kids are good and when he's standing there I'm just like they're gonna f- why they're gonna fucking kill and then he fucking dies yeah and that annoyed the fuck out of me like and that's the you didn't have to kill that character at all mm-hmm. cause you already were murking people in that town yeah so his death I feel so bad for him because his he dies and here's a spoiler he dies in Aquaman mm-hmm. pointless as well. So he's now being the pointless de- Guardians of the Galaxy pointless as well his death. Yeah. Like come on dude. <laughs> like get a better agent or work something out on the script. Yeah exactly. Um, or fuck Krasinski for writing him to die. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah I felt like because you know John Krasinski said that he didn't really have a sequel in mind. Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to write one, and then people loved A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. the first one, yeah, so much that he's like, "All right, all right, let me think of something." And, and that, and this script surely feels like it. That like, feels like he tried too hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he tries to bring some sense of like, what's the word? Suspense. Mm-hmm. When Emily Blunt leaves, uh, like when her character leaves, um, her son, no, like. Marcus Noah Jupe mm-hmm. behind and he's injured and everything to take care of the baby. Yeah. And then like he's like, oh, it's been, you know, like two hours. So let me uh you know, with my injured self come out of this hole and like mm-hmm. look around the warehouse and 
see what I can find. And of course, he makes a lot of fucking noise by accident. And then mm-hmm. all shit happens. Like, See, okay, so like, see, the first Quiet Place, Scott Beck and Brian Woods wrote the script with Krasinski. Mm-hmm. And see, that allowed... That allowed back and forth. This right. is, this might work. This might not work. Let's try this. Let's try this because the because the first one worked out so well. This one it was like all Krasinski and he was like directing duty as well mm-hmm. and he had like a little bit of like acting as well. Mm-hmm. So it felt like he was stretching himself. Yeah. On this one, and that's why I like whenever me and you work on something, mm-hmm. whether it's your idea and I'm helping you, mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm not overstepping. And if I'm writing something, like mm-hmm. I want your help too. Yeah. As a you know, because I think sometimes you're just like. I'm stepping like I'm I'm not helping you. I'm just going to be writing it for you. Mm. Um like you always need that back and forth. I think that's what makes both of us stronger. Well yeah, cuz like and I think that's a, I think that a, that 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 was making a great writing duo is if someone writes something and then they go like, "Okay, but why?" Mm-hmm. Like like because because when the person goes, "But why?" they're doing it because they're essentially going to be the audience. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? And they got to have answers mm-hmm. like go 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 yeah. and stuff like that. And I felt like Krasinski didn't really have someone to go back and forth with. Mm-hmm. And what that's why that's why I feel like this movie could have been like mashed up with the first one. And mm-hmm. then, because it's essentially it is a continuation from um, from the first one. It's like it it starts literally like thirty minutes after the first one ended, and then mm-hmm. we're just like, oh, this is how they got away. Which, like I say, if you just cut it and edit it, you could have mashed it and made it like a three-hour movie. Yeah. Which they probably should have done. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just kind of like... Millicent Simon's character is the only one that really made sense, and everybody else mm-hmm. was like almost like an afterthought, or they weren't really thought out very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um Oh, one thing. Um, one thing I want to focus on again was um, another thing on the positive side is that once again, we go back to the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really great uh, scene where where it it shows the Emily Blunt character and the Cillian Murphy character and how like they're kind of like facing opt- obstacles, <laughs> obstacles mm-hmm. on different on like different places, but how it kind of like matches up back and forth and stuff like that. Um, so like. It, I think it kind of goes into like the, the technical to the technical part and even like the directing part where like it's it's, it's showing me that like a Krasinski is a good director mm-hmm. um, when he just focuses on directing. Yeah. And I think that works out. You know, I don't want him to do the <laughs> I don't want him to do the what's actually I already Persian on my head. I don't want to do the Zack Snyder thing where it's like, <laughs> oh, he's directing and writing. Well, uh, dude, you're stretching yourself already. Yeah. You know, one other thing I kind of thought was weird mm-hmm. was um Emmett, the Cillian Murphy's character, mm-hmm. he kept all of the bodies of his family, like upstairs. Yeah, well, he, no, no, the the son was because he said the son was gone like on the first day. Yeah, his wife didn't last. But yeah, why didn't he bury his wife? Exactly, like that will stink. That's like an awful memory to yeah. have of somebody. Yeah, like, and and I know, and I know anybody's listening who's like, what's gonna make sound? He, Wait till he, it rains. Yeah, he figured out other ways to like kind of like muffle his sound. So mm-hmm. he could have like he could have got or put her off the sea. <laughs> or yeah, like make a pyre like mm-hmm. on a raft yeah. on the water and do like a Viking funeral or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Fight and fight off those fucking 
to fight off those fucking those marauders or whatever on yeah. the fucking um, what's it called pier whatever the fuck's called the dock <laughs> the docks thank you I think my brain went <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like I, I don't know I think that's about it. is there anything else you want to add to because like other than that yeah it just seems like it's it just seems meh nope that's it um I really do wish they would have like made that train area like really fucking scary Mm -hmm. they didn't it was just like a jump scare and that's it yeah it was like i think there was like two or three like separate jump scares in that scene like oh god fuck you guys are fuck that's what that's why i was just like this is jump because there was so much train they Mm could have had like a colony of people living there yeah because it's shelter yeah 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 um and they have what they have first aid kits in there yeah what was the one thing I wanted to think about? Oh, okay. Okay, so wait, all that being said, <clears throat> all that being said, even though, like I said, it was, man, there's issues with it and stuff like that, I'm still mildly curious on what part three uh, could have. Because it's not being written by John Krasinski. It's not written by John Krasinski. It's, I don't know if it's being directed by him. They haven't said, like, who's going to be behind it or anything. But he's a uh, good director, though. Yeah, he's a good director. It's just like, I think he's a good writer if he has somebody to write with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if the the third one, it's sh- the third one should definitely expand because that's the thing when you do a sequel, you normally have to expand on what you've got, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know, Lord of the Rings, uh, Goodfellas, uh, Rambo, I guess, Terminator, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars. You know, when you do a sequel, you're expanding on the story, and the and this one, they don't really expand on it a whole lot. We get an idea that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like obvious, you know, oh, the aliens came from the sky. Well, that's obvious. Because um, I think they even mentioned it in the first one. And then mm-hmm. they... Well, you saw news articles in the basement where he was working on her, like, yeah, her yeah. ear thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And then and then this one, it was just like, oh, there's an island to get to safety. Like, that's it. Yeah. You know, it's just not like... I know, like, they show, like, a small clip, like, a news clip, like, oh... um, China, there was an explosion in China or something like that. But like mm-hmm. I said, we kind of got that in the first one anyway. Of like, oh, this isn't like a, a like a localized event. Yeah. Um. So it like this could have been a good opportunity to like really expand on the story, not necessarily like show the military coming in, but just kind of have an idea of like what else is going on outside of that county or whatever they were at. Mm-hmm. Um. So hopefully they'll do that in the third one because I'm, I'm more I'm curious if they if they do expand on it. It would be nice to see like where they find out on their own because the military can't be everywhere all at once. Yeah, exactly. They only ever go to the cities or whatever. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, how do people deal with things on their on their own when yeah. they don't have the resources? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <sighs> okay, anything else? Nope. Um, Make sure you got my shit. All right, what do we got next? Next, we are doing our variety time of Berserk Tribute Review. So, we watched the next four episodes. Episode 5, 6, 7, and 8. Um, I gotta say... Mm-hmm. It's moving kind of slow for me. I knew you were going to say that. 
I really didn't know you're gonna know you're gonna say that because I was watching it. And I was like, they're moving slow. However, I have a defense for that. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. So that was my wrist. <laughs> another bone cracks. <laughs> you know what? Now I think about it. Me hitting the mic is like an every episode thing. Your bones cracking is always an every episode thing. It's not even just every episode. It, it happens at least three times every episode. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not three times, it's not a good. It's not a good show. I know. <laughs> um, so here's my defense for that. Okay, it is. It is moving slow. However, it's starting to get into the fantasy and then like the the turning point for um for griffith mm-hmm. um like in the in the in the next four episodes we meet uh uh nosferatu zod mm-hmm. and like there's that great line guts is like something like this shouldn't exist mm-hmm. but and like and like when, when he says like something like this shouldn't exist it's not something like oh here's like a little fairy a witch no here's like a literal fucking demon yeah just <laughs> mowing down his men and shit like mm-hmm. that right so there's that and then we get to the whole thing of how griffith's um his journey of like what he wants to do starts mm-hmm. becoming more and more revealed um and then how like that journey to like essentially have his own kingdom is gonna be like the downfall of humanity mm. um so he's like the antichrist kind of he's not kind of <laughs> i mean he's not there yet yeah, but he he gets to that antichrist like part. Yeah. Um, so like, cause like we stopped off at episode four, and it's funny because like I the next episode after uh, episode eight, which is called conspiracy, um, I think the next episode is called like assassination or something like that, mm. and then that's when you start seeing like Griffith's like true colors. Gotcha. Um, and how guts is like, cause we get more of a bond between guts and Griffith, and how even Costco's even kind of like leaning more to. To, um, towards guts, towards guts and stuff like that. Like there's that part where um, guts and okay, kid, fuck, we'll stop talking about it. <laughs> um, there's that part where guts is uh, they're the band of the hawk are fighting, mm-hmm. and then like guts is like kind of breaking out of formation, and Costco's like, you you're gonna get people killed that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like later on, uh, Griffith is like they're on another battle they think griffith thinks like oh this person's over here we're gonna go charge at him he goes charge and guts is like griffith stop and shit like that even Costco thinks he's being reckless but like she finally sees that like oh guts really cares about griffith because his recklessness his recklessness has a point Mm -hmm. so that's what i think i think the next episodes like i said we start getting more of a, a development for guts uh guts uh his character his relationship with Casca, mm-hmm. and how Griffith becomes more of the villain. Gotcha. Yeah. I think the best part was definitely their um, their interaction with uh, Nosferatu Zod. Mm-hmm. That to me was like the best part yeah. out of all four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do kind of see a little bit of like a you know it's like three years later. Guts is more uh, involved in. It, you know the what what are they called again the banner of the hawk yeah okay um so he's more involved in there like mm-hmm. he's the commander and everything mm-hmm. um i think it's interesting that him and Costco after three years have not like gotten any closer mm-hmm. at all yeah um i would have thought maybe they wouldn't be as contentious mm-hmm. a little bit yeah um but at the same time i kind of appreciate the fact that they didn't like 
oh, she's a woman and he's a man, so they're going to fall in love immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, or it, she would hate him for like an episode and that's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, for anybody who wants to keep track, uh, we're doing episode five, which is uh, Sword and the Wind, episode six, Zod the Immortal, episode seven, The Swordmaster, and episode eight, uh, Conspiracy. Um, so I, I've noticed, I've also noticed something similar with this that kind of like reminds me of the manga that the animation has gotten a, a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, if, cause I'm, I'm reading the manga and I'm like going through these issues again. And as the, like the manga goes forward, it, like pr- the, the style uh, progresses, it gets better and better. I feel like this one, the, the later episodes are getting better and better. Like I remember there's like this really great shot of Griffith. Um, and they really focus on his face and like how violet his eyes are. It's mm-hmm. like creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, and like super intense. I think it's when he was what talking to the king's daughter. Yeah, yeah, I think it was that. Yeah, and it kind of like that's the thing. They never really got anything like that when it came in the earlier episodes. I said maybe that part where like Griffin and Guts are fighting like the second time. Yeah, but it wasn't like the color. It was just like, <laughs> like he looked very calm, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Yeah. Um. What's the other thing? There was another thing that I wanted to say. Um, I think it was about Griffith. Okay. But I don't remember. Was it about like Griffith and the bailiff? No, but that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I know you said that they kind of reveal a little bit more about Griffith, but like, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think it, it was like so quick. I don't think I really got it. With the bailiff? Like with, yeah, because the mm-hmm. um, Zod was like... Mm-hmm. Oh, he has that thing. I'm a bounce. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always, I, 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 I always love that. <laughs> like Zod is like, Zod is essentially winning. He's like beating the shit out of guts and Griffin, and he just sees that bailiff on Griffin. He's like, oh yeah, deuces. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think. But like they don't really. To me, they still don't really explain it. Or if mm-hmm. they do, like it's so fast. I think I missed it. Well, that's the thing. They don't really explain it, but like just what Zod says, it brings a level of intrigue. It you can you can already tell like the first episode starts off really intense, right, with that one that first apostle, and then mm-hmm. brings you back into like oh this is like sword and sorcery, like it's kind of like medieval kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then in the Zod episode, they do like two like huge they do like two huge reveals one is the zod character which Mm -hmm. is like holy shit something like that exists you know yeah and then two is with the fact that zod looks at griffin and he says like this dude will be your end you know but he didn't didn't griffith in one of the first four episodes Mm. tell him basically that you will die one day but it'll be when i say yeah but he more said that of like like i said like that case of like ownership you know like oh you'll die but when i say you'll die yeah, but to me, they're almost the same thing. Like, it's ownership, and mm. this guy is, ba- you know, Zod is basically telling him, like, yeah, he's going to make sure he, he's going to kill you one day or get you killed Yeah, as a pawn. And to me, it's the same thing, whether he's saying it or he's saying but that's it. But that's the thing. Griffith didn't, Griffith didn't say it like that. Griffith said it as a sign of, like, you're my pet, you're my puppy, you know? Oh. And Zod says it like, oh, no, no, that's a matter of fact. But it's funny. I know you... It, he said it that way mm-hmm. that he's his pet or whatever mm. but like i totally read between the lines and i was mm. like 
no, he means that. <laughs> like, I didn't, there was no mincing words for me. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Um, so, so like, yeah, I mean, with that whole Zod thing, especially like the, the fact that Zod doesn't even just say it like, oh, this guy's dangerous. He's just like, oh, this will be like an, a, a catastrophic event. Like, he has a bailiff. And it like, it brings, like, if you don't know the, the berserk story, if this is like your first time going into it, you're just like, okay, so what is up with that bailiff? Mm-hmm. Like we gotta know more about it, and then of course we get we explore more of the bailey. There's even this really great, this is a great scene like much later in the episodes where we get more of Griffith's backstory, like full on back, not full on backstory because it's like different from the manga, but, like some aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but his backstory, it's just like wow, I can see why you like you would think like I can see like you would wonder how does he not turn evil, and then you can say oh I can see why he would turn evil. Yeah. Um. So. What else? What else? Oh, so one thing I wanted to talk about, um, also with these four episodes, is like I said, I'm reading the manga along with the episodes, and like, like it's almost. I don't want to. I, I I can see why there's so much love for the anime mm-hmm. because like the manga, it doesn't have a whole lot of filler. It has like a lot of like, this is what's going on like now, like the follow of the Black Swordsman and how he's the Black Swordsman, mm-hmm. right? And then it jumps back to like the golden age arc this and the anime just follows golden age arc like almost like a linear kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i kind of like i think i kind of like that more because it's not less confusing or what it's allowing like a better understanding of the character oh okay before he becomes because like in the in the manga you 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 introduce the guts and he's just like this badass but he's also like a fucking asshole mm-hmm. like he's like i don't give a shit if you die like fuck off you know yeah that's how you start off but like in the manga you're just like oh he's a badass and he will like probably throw you under the bus but then you go like but then as you're watching the manga you're like oh ooh, like i mean at the manga the anime you're like oh he was actually like a good 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 person he was just a really fucked up individual like he was a fucked up individual what happened to him was fucked up mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> There is one thing, and I don't know if they did it in the first four episodes because I mm. can't remember. But one thing that I'm noticing that is happening in the you know some of these new episodes that we watched, mm. um, they do like they're in battle or something is happening, mm-hmm. and they stop animating it and they basically have like a comic book picture yeah. that they are zooming out of or they're like panning over or something. Oh, okay. I guess Which to me kind of amps up the, the level of like suspense and like, oh mm. shit. Like, yeah, a lot of, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't really watch like new anime or the more recent stuff. A lot of old anime, especially in the 90s, they would do that. They would kind of give you like a comic book feel to it or like a cool like freeze frame. Mm-hmm. Like like you would swear like, oh, this is from like the manga. Like mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. they took it like that. So like, yeah. A lot it of, was like, drawn really well too. Like because it was of um, the one that stood out to me was mm-hmm. um, Nosferatu Zod. Yeah. Yeah. Like the level of like detail and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's the thing that sucks is like they did. They did. And, but like, like I said, this was like the 90s. They did like one series and then that's it. Mm. Like no the manga goes on like please can we do more and unfortunately like they they never continue the manga the anime and i would have loved to see like i would have loved seeing like certain characters show up and be like oh how's he interact with this character or that character and stuff like that mm. so i don't know it's like and, and you know what's funny too mm. because you're like well your kids can't watch this no but so far i'm like 
I haven't really seen anything that they can't watch yet. No. <laughs> I like I I, no. I dropped the ball and I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch it right now. Because uh, okay. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Because we're gonna be recording. And mm. so my kids were downstairs, but nothing was happening. I'm uh. like, if you see something, look away. But like <laughs> you know, but nothing happened yet. So I was no, like, okay, you, that's good. You should be good for maybe another two episodes. Oh, okay. Because then like you know, there's some some sexually explosive kind of things that happen. Mm. Maybe in the next two episodes, make it by it. But like those, like the last two episodes, make sure they're not. They make sure they're not watching it mm. because you know, unless you want to give the kids the idea of what hell is like, and I a visual aid of hell. <laughs> do not let them watch this. Do not let them watch it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um. Even though, like, say this is episode eight, we still got a few more to go. Are you still going to stick with this? Yeah. Okay, you know, because if you're not going to stick with it, you can go fuck off. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I called you a loser earlier, so I guess I deserved it. Did you call me a loser? Yeah. What did I do to deserve that title? Well, what what didn't I deserve, do to deserve that title? That was earlier in the episode. I mean, it was a joke. I was oh. like, oh, because you're a loser, you know. geriatric cinematic of blowout it began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear he's one who saw yes he says he pulled the girl out of the car i would like you to forget about her yeah that's what i heard just before the tire blew out you're right it was a shot he recorded a murder. They say it never happened. There are still loose ends. Witnesses. The girl, I've decided to terminate her. Terminate her. Terminate her. This film came out in 1981. And the synopsis is a movie sound recordist accidentally records the evidence that proves that a car accident was actually murder and consequently finds himself in danger. Whoever wrote that synopsis is an idiot. <laughs> because, you know, they're called a, a Foley artist. They're called a Foley artist? Yeah, Foley. Like when they... A sound recorders? Because, no, he's... Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know they were called Foley artists. Really. They are, because remember I showed you a video a long time ago of like this, these people in like a sound studio and how they... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. called Foley artists. Ah, see. I, I always call them like a sound uh, sound recording engineer or something like that. Yeah. Because um, like movie sound recordist sounds... That's not a word. Recordist isn't even a word. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyways, it's directed by Brian De Palma and also written by him. And it stars John Travolta, Nancy Allen, John Lithgow, and Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. I like this movie. Yeah. Um, I've actually I've never seen this movie. I'm, so, I'm sorely sorry to say that I never saw this movie. Um, no, you shouldn't be. Because you know what? As you watch more and more movies, you can never go back and get that first experience. That is true. That is very true. So it's true. good that you still get that. 
that is very true even for someone um, like you who's seen like every fucking thing yeah my i remember my brother did tell me about it he was like have you seen blowout i was like no he's like oh dude you gotta watch this this is that. And i was like all right i'll check it out because sometimes sometimes, Cause sometimes recomm- his recommendations are like all right yeah like what or he's like i like that movie and you're like what i don't do you like transformers what the f-? you know whatever mm-hmm. um he's he has he has good days though <laughs> my brother if you're listening you do have good taste though um so yeah this one very familiar with brian de palma's work but it could, i think the reason why i never really heard about this movie is because it was considered like a box office flop oh um it like is, that one movie which one the one that that guy told us to watch and we watch it and we're like oh that God. army movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i fuck I forgot the name of the army <laughs> movie it's so good we forgot it um but yeah yeah but i i know this one i know this one is part of the criterion collection so oh. I, so i was just like all right i mean criterion collection knows their shit they don't know they don't always know their shit because i saw this bad movie called i was a teenage zombie bad fucking movie um but maybe it had something groundbreaking in it sure whatever whatever it was i don't know because 20 minutes in turned it off that's how bad it was so anyway anyway blowout kelsey (laughs) you say you liked it right Mm -hmm. what did you like about it um i liked the pacing of the film Mm -hmm. i like the suspense of the film i like the fact that you don't really um get a whole sense of what's gonna happen like usually you can really figure a movie out Mm -hmm. Um, I like the fact that they killed the girl at the end. Like it wasn't just a happy ending, and she ended up oh, being his yeah. fucking sound for the movie he was oh, making. Oh yeah, that was hella fucking good. Yeah, that ending was like, and that's the thing. Like I honestly thought it wasn't. Good. I thought it was gonna end on a happy note. Like, oh, she was. She thought she was dead, but she wasn't really dead, and like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, no, the fact that like, no, she's dead, and then like the John Travolta character was like use her screen to put it into a movie and like how the director was like that's a good screen that's a that's a good scream you know and he just like john travolta is like rubbing his, his eyes and stuff like or he's rubbing his temples and it's cuts the black mm-hmm. it's like yo did you really just in the movie like that holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is but i i think i get really excited when films end on a sour note you know what? When does this movie come I out? I get very excited about that. Okay, so this movie came out in 1981. Mm-hmm. This is coming out of the tail end of the 70s era of cinema. And that is my favorite era of cinema is the 70s. Because mm-hmm. it's dirty. It's raw. It's fucked up endings like this. Mm-hmm. Or like The Driver. Or like uh, Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Or like The Exorcist. It's like fucked up endings. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I God, know. I love this movie. It's, it just reminds me of like... Anytime I try to write a story, uh, and and it's always real preliminary, preliminary, and I tell you about it, and you're like, but you can't, you can't end it like that because you don't know no one wants to be so depressed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, why? I like those kinds of movies. You know what? Honestly, honestly, if you were like, if you were coming up as a writer, a screen uh, screenwriter, and and. In Hollywood in the seventies, oh, you'd been perfect. Just give me those those dour endings and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to do dour endings now because people are just like they're more independent. Yeah, yeah. Which is why those are better films. Yeah. So okay, so check this out. I didn't know this. Well, this is from IMDb. It says uh, the idea of a man discovering a crime by listening to a recording uh, is a reinterpretation of um, 
Michelangelo's Antonio's film Blow Up in 1966, uh, but using sound instead of photographs. So it's kind of like an inspiration or kind of like an idea of the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so You so, want to hear something funny? Hmm. So I, I know that I've told you about this before, but the audience doesn't know that I've never seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and we were watching the... Tr- trailers before a movie one time mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i was like oh my god i have this great idea and it it was like a horror story that involved mm-hmm. a foley artist yeah i remember and that was so your idea funny. i keep coming i keep doing that you're like oh yeah that's a movie that's a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember you told me that idea. i was like that's actually pretty i, I remember being really impressed by that idea and yeah. then it looks like they already did it but kind of, but not really. I wanted I wanted to be more kind of like Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about that. Um, okay, so what did you think of the the performance of uh, of this movie from this movie? It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, John Travolta. I know that in one of the um, trivia things you have here, it said mm-hmm. that he had insomnia, mm-hmm. so his lack of sleep helped him be like really moody for his performance, and that's why his character seems so downtrodden. Yeah. But mostly he just looks really fucking high. Yeah, like I remember we were watching that, and I was like, oh, he's on so much cocaine right now. Yeah. Um, maybe he was, because he couldn't fucking sleep. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, John DeVos has he's he was known for having like a co- cocaine problem during his career. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's the reason? And they were just like, no, no, it's insomnia. um but yeah he i liked his performance Mm -hmm. um it it was a little distracting to see him so young i think yeah i don't know why i think because you're used to the old john travolta or the john travolta like like in his 40s yeah like the look who's talking or maybe even like pulp fiction john travolta yeah you know a lot of people that's the funny thing is like a lot of people when they look at john travolta they think of like saturday night fever or, um, I think Saturday Night Fever Part 2. Well, I, when I think of John Travolta, I, th- I think of ph- Phenomenon. Oh, yeah, or Phenomena, or Michael, or, like, even, yeah. like, Broken Arrow, or some, like, or fucking, um, Face Off. Yeah, you know, Face Off. Like that, but, like, or, like, and some, and some people are like, oh, yeah, get, sh- uh, not get shorty, uh, Grease. That's, like, one. But, like, yeah, this movie is, like, different. And I think from what I read that, like, he purposely, like, wanted this role because he was trying to, like, get out of, like, that goody-goody-two-shoes, goody-goody-two-shoes look. Mm -hmm. Um, He even did this movie, I remember seeing, like, fucking years ago called, like, The Bubble Boy or something like that, Mm -hmm. where he played, like, a kid who, like, um, literally had to be in a bubble um, because, like, he had, like, a degenerative disease, like, when mm. like fresh air touched them or something like that yeah and even that was kind of like cutesy but like comical in a way mm-hmm. this one is just like yo he's like dark it's dark and fucked up mm-hmm. so the other thing is like sometimes when the camera was on him in certain ways he reminded mm. me of my older brother uh cassidy right yeah yeah so i was like that was distracting <laughs> but he was really good in this film. Like that, I didn't have anything to complain about. Okay, that movie is called. Is a TV movie. It's called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I don't remember how I watched it. I, it was like on TV one day. It I was, was like, a TV movie because I do remember something about that coming yeah, out. Yeah, it came out like in 1976. But I felt like I watched it like on. Oh no, there was like a new version. Oh, that's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, literally called Bubble yeah, Boy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, totally different movie. <laughs> 
Because in that movie, didn't he turn out to not have anything wrong yeah, with him? Yeah, he didn't have a disease or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like John Travolta, he did like Staying Alive, Grease, Saturday Night Fever. Um, well, well, okay. One thing I want to talk about Saturday Night Fever really quick. I've never watched Saturday Night Fever, but everyone's idea of Saturday Night Fever is John Travolta's like dancing and everything like that. But from what I remember, uh, I was listening to this podcast called You're Wrong About, and they talked about the movie for like a couple minutes and how Saturday Night Fever is actually a really fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. Like, People focus on the dancing, but it's really like trash New York and shit like that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like this one. Blowout? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, everything's corrupt. I don't think there's any single thing that happens where you're like, this whole entire universe is worth saving. Mm-hmm. Like, I swear Chuck Polnuk could have written this story <laughs> and they adapted it for the screen. You know what? Even like the dude who was the reporter who was the news reporter who was trying to help uh, the John Travolta character. Mm-hmm. Even I was, like, suspicious of that character. Like, mm-hmm. mm, he doesn't seem trustworthy. Yeah. And John Lithgow was, like, really good. God, he plays, he plays a psycho so good. I've never seen him, one, in that kind of role, and two, that young. Ever. Have, have you ever seen Dexter? You've seen Dexter, haven't you? Mm, I tried watching it. I think I only got through part of the first season, or maybe uh, I finished it, but I, I didn't move on to the second. John Lithgow is great as a psycho. Um, like I said, Dexter, he's he's in one of the good seasons. <laughs> um, he did this really, really great movie called Ricochet mm-hmm. with, uh, what's his name? Denzel Washington, uh-huh. came in the 90s. Complete psycho in that movie. Uh, I feel like he did another psycho movie. Oh, um cliffhanger psycho in that movie with Sylvester Stallone see everybody's like John Lithgow oh yeah 30 Rock from the um, 30 Rock from the Sun Shrek blah 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 blah, blah. no John he's scary he's fucking scary <laughs> yeah you know most recently um, that detective show on HBO Murder Dirter no <laughs> which detective show what was it called? The one I was like in the early 1900s and there was like the murder of the baby on the... Um... Oh, Perry Mason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He played the lawyer. That's right. He played the lawyer Perry Mason. Holy shit. Yeah. You see him like wholesome, but no, he's fucking crazy. He wasn't wholesome in there. He was like... He, he, he seemed... was a good guy, but he was... he was like dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah, he had issues. Yeah, he had issues. Um, okay, so what did you think about the... Um, is there anybody else in the in the performance that you enjoyed or anything else like that? Um... I did kind of like Nancy Ellen. I liked her. I felt like she could have been written a little better, but mm. for the time, it wasn't as like annoying for a woman as it could have been. Mm-hmm. But it still could have used a little work. Yeah, the the Nancy character, she really does come off. I'm sorry, I think Nancy character, the uh, Nancy Allen who plays um, who plays Sally. She does come off as pretty ditzy, but she. You see that kind of breaking away a little bit more and more as her and her and John Travolta's character are investigating this whole thing mm-hmm. and how she kind of starts getting more to like his side, but she still kind of she kills she still kind of plays a little dumb. Uh, in this yeah, movie. even though you find out she's kind of like a criminal. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, and then even at the end though, she goes right back to being ditzy and then she dies. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the writing? The writing was pretty good. Mm. I really liked how they were... There was so much going on mm. that you weren't bored. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you never... 
nothing was super obvious mm. for most of it. Um, and I like that everyone kind of had a backstory, even if it yeah. was so small. But it, everyone had everyone had a purpose. Yeah, there was like there's like one part of the movie where they really started getting into like the whole conspiracy, like John Lithgow, like why he was brought in to like kill this government official or to make this car accident look like an accident and whatever. Um, and I felt like, and that's the thing, like they have this whole conspiracy aspect and they don't really touch up on it a whole lot, but it's, it's not so lingering that you're just like, why you're not focusing on that? Like you're, you're so, you're so, you're so involved in yeah. the rest of the story. Yeah. And involved with like the John Lithgow character and the John Travolta character, the Nancy Allen character that you're just kind of like, Oh, conspiracy theory. Oh, of course. Mm, that kind of like makes sense. All right. Now let's go back to like them trying to like find out the mystery. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of performances, Brian De Palma's first choice for Jack was Al Pacino. Really? I could have pictured Al Pacino because at the time Al Pacino was like really, uh, challenging himself. Mm. So I could have pictured Al Pacino in, in this role. Uh, so he was unavailable. So they got John Travolta. So because of the, the success of Greece. They initially were like, hey, go get a Liv Newton-John to be in this role. Um, but yeah, De Palma was like, nah, we're, we're not having that. <laughs> no. Which I think was great. I think that would have been so dis- so distracting. Yeah, you know, they're like, like, yeah, they graduated high school and then they went on to be criminals. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, Nancy became a hooker and like John Ho's character became like a horror. Uh, like a failed fucking sound artist yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing that this movie does well that kind of like lends into what we talked about in A Quiet Place is like the direction Um, they do a lot of like split focus which is uh, I remember pointing to you while we're watching that like back then that was rarely seen Mm -hmm. was the split focus because they always have to fuck with like a shallow focus or the depth of field and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it was so fucking cool like they didn't just do it once they did it multiple times Mm-hmm. And it showed, and it, it, it still, it ages well. It doesn't look like it sticks out or anything, like it's a bothersome or anything like that. No, um, and though it was like in 1981, it's mm-hmm. like, I know that you told me that it was something that was really hard to do and you had to be talented to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that, that's not Brian De Palma's doing though, right? That would be his cinematographer. Yeah, uh, from what I read, um... Let me see. It doesn't say. It's well. It says like the. Uh, it said the use of split split focus was a a, a depper depper lens. Um, yeah, it doesn't say like who created it. But but what it does have in this movie a lot, which is very un unheard of, was a steady cam. Mm. Which back then you either would use a lot of uh, handheld movement, or you would just use uh, or handheld cam, or you just use like a dolly or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But this uh, movie was sh- uh, shot by Garrett Brown, who's the inventor of the Steadicam, mm-hmm. and it, and the Steadicam is like a beautiful thing now. I I love a Steadicam because it follows, if you know, Steadicam like follows the character. And like tight corners and tight spaces, but keeps it like it flowing so effortlessly. Like if you're like a fly on the wall or shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie like does a lot of really cool like steady cam work. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one problem. Yeah. What was that problem I had? 
<laughs> oh, okay. Now I remember. Now I remember. Okay. So I had a problem at the beginning of this movie. I was hoping that, like, they would stay on, like, the mystery of did he hear a gunshot or did he not hear a gunshot? Is it all in oh. his head and all that kind of stuff, right? And then, like, they reveal, like, oh, the, the assassination attempt and all that kind of stuff. And, I, like, for a bit, I was like, I think the movie would have been more intriguing if it would have, like, kept that going, like, mm-hmm. the whole mystery kind of thing. And then, like, oh, da, 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 it's actually a killer and big reveal and, like, fucked up and everything. Still mm-hmm. keep the ending. Still keep the fucked up ending. Yeah. Right? But just, I, I just kind of wish they, they held on to it, like, a little bit longer. Because I think within... Like, 15 minutes, I think. I would say maybe, like, a half hour. They reveal, like, oh, yeah, it was, it was an assassination attempt. I thought we got it because he was already like, oh, I heard a shot and then the blowout. Well, no, no, no. Like, that's the thing. But even he was, like, it seemed like for a while he was the only one who was hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when he had the Nancy character, uh, sorry, the, the Sally character listened to it, she was like, I guess I hear a gunshot. I'm not sure. Right. Um, like, they even, they even kind of had this whole, like, other sound that he was listening. It was like a, it was like a Mm-hmm. noise yeah and i remember while we were, while we're watching it i kept thinking i was like what the fuck is that sound that sounds so weird right mm-hmm. but then like they reveal what that sound is like later mm-hmm. and i think that would have been like a great introduction of like oh what the sound. was that sound it was that it was his watch it was oh, the killer's oh, watch gotcha. that remember he was pulling on it mm-hmm. i think that would have been a great reveal of like that sound and you would have been like oh shit it's a fucking killer like he was there you yeah know? yeah but we already got the killer we are like when that reveal comes out it's just like oh okay like whatever i but honestly though i don't i don't miss it like Mm. because the pacing is so good and they have so much going on and everybody has something to lose Mm -hmm. i don't feel like the story needed to hold on to the mystery you're wrong because that would just been like like a precursor to the 90s movies where they had the mystery going on for way too fucking long and Mm. you're like come on that's the thing like See, like, if they had the mystery still going on, especially, like, during the 70s, where, like, they really had to, like, rely on, like, interesting camera tricks or angles or kind of, like, a really great story, I think it would have, like, I think it would have, like, elevated the film even more. I think it would have gave it, like, I don't know. I don't want to say that, like, it would have made the, I don't, I don't want to say that it would have made the movie a more of a success, because what I read was the ending of the movie is what essentially gave it a failure, because people were just like, that's a fucked up ending, you know? Fucking pussies. Great. Fu- yeah, I know, right? It kind of shows what type of people we are. Really. I know. We're <laughs> like, oh, everyone's sad and someone died? Great. <laughs> I know. Count me in. That guy has to forever live with the fact that that woman's scream is always, will never die? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, I think that just, it, it doesn't take a whole lot away from me. I just, I, I would just be curious about what would that movie have looked like. Maybe you should make that movie. Maybe I should. Hmm. Maybe I should. I'm surprised that you didn't highlight something that I saw about uh, lost footage. What? I, I must have missed that. What's lost footage? Um, apparently they had footage, two reels of footage of the Liberty Parade sequence. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the driver of the van mm-hmm. on the way to the airport mm-hmm. stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and left the van unattended. And someone stole the van and they forever lost that footage fucking dunkin donuts so then um they couldn't get vilmo sigmund back mm. he wasn't available so they had to spend another seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and hire laszlo kovacs for the cinematography position right? for yeah for um 
to get that um, mm. parade sequence again. Okay, so with that being said, did you notice a difference in the cinematography? Not really, because I wasn't really focused on what was going on at the parade anyway. Mm. To me, that was B footage. Yeah, yeah, because there was like a lot of it was it was so chaotic mm-hmm. what was going on John Travolta was trying to get to to Sally or Jack trying to get to Sally trying to stop the killer from killing her and stuff like that I think there's so much chaos going on that you you probably wouldn't really notice the cinematography unless you like f- completely focused on it mm-hmm. um, so even though this movie was like a box office failure uh, ironically this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite film and that's this is the film that was like I want to get John Travolta in Pulp Fiction oh which is interesting because Pulp Fiction is the one is the movie that brought John Travolta back into like Hollywood like status, like big Hollywood status mm-hmm. at the time. Now he's like a joke again. Yeah, I know. Which is like fucked up. Yeah, it is. Um so Okay, so this is a bit of an interesting fact from IMDb. Okay, so in the January 2019, uh the QA at the Egyptian Theater, Nancy Nancy Allen created Quentin Tarantino's much cited love of the film for helping for helping it spawned a critical revaluation in the 90s. Uh, over the years, she said, many writers began to call it Brian De Palma's masterpiece, uh, culminating in the well-received uh, 2011 disc released by the Criterion Collection. Mm. So yeah, and and there's a couple of like Criterion groups I'm in on Facebook, and they have mentioned this movie like multiple times. Mm. And I remember just thinking like, okay, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch this, you know, because like even like the uh, the uh, the the cover. Of the Criterion Collection for this movie, it's interesting because it's John Travolta sitting there with all like this um, film reel, like sound reel and stuff like just like laid out across all over the place. Yeah, it kind of brings up like an intriguing like, what is that about? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, John Travolta and staying alive. Wait, what? This isn't his. This is in <laughs> Greece. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let me see. Anything else to add to this? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a great film. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's the thing, like a lot of people a lot of people who aren't like cinephiles and stuff like that, they're like Brian De Palma, oh yeah, Scarface. Which don't get me wrong, Scarface is a great film. This one has stuck with me. Like I, I like Scarface as just like an entertainment thing. Like yeah. oh, this is a movie great movie just to watch. Because it's fucking ridiculous and crazy. Yeah. This one is like fucking pure art yeah it is amazing art and like just about every scene is great mm-hmm. like everyone's performance is good mm-hmm. and the fact that you get the story of like something is so obscure as like a fully artist yeah you know like and anyways you were talking about the mystery of staying alive but they have like little mysteries throughout anyways like mm-hmm. who erased the um oh the who erased john um John Travolta's footage and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's John Lithgow. You got got that, right? Yeah, I know that. Oh, okay. But I'm saying, like, when it happened, I don't know. Like, it was... Yeah, I gotcha. It was still kind of separate Mm -hmm. until it was together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And there's, like, the Dennis Franz character. And you're, you're figuring out, like, what his character was doing. Like, how does Kara get the footage? Oh, like, like, there's that part in the movie where, like... John Travolta's character like gets into the jumps in the water to rescue who was ever in the car, and you see like that guy running. Mm-hmm. And I remember pointing out, I was like, "Oh, look at that guy right there." Mm-hmm. Even my brain was like, "Oh, that's probably the assassin." But no, you're like, "Well, who the fuck was that guy?" And it's not until later, like, "Ooh, that's a Dennis Franz character." Yeah. All right, all right. You know. <laughs> so yeah, there's so 
Yeah. So yeah, like as Kelsey said, like even though they they kind of reveal who the killer is, there still is more to reveal of like how deep this goes. Mm-hmm. Who's involved? Who's not involved? How was Sally planted there? Did she not know anything? You know, like all how that. how much of a criminal was she? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the cover up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a fucking phenomenal film. I mean, if, even like. Even if you're listening and you have not seen the movie, and we've obviously we spoiled the movie. I mean, this is the section where it's just like the movie's been out for like so many years. We're gonna spoil this it. This movie predates my existence. <laughs> yeah, it still should be watched anyway, just to like feel that fucking ending. Because we, I, I, I like to think we sold that ending short. Mm-hmm. We, like you need to watch it to be like, ooh, like. Let me just feel all that hurt. I know, and the, that scene with the fireworks was some special. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That really great fucking like upward shot where he's holding the Sally mm-hmm. character. And the camera's kind of panning, but oh, they're yeah. still staying in the center. That was a great shot. Yeah. That was a... Was that an arc shot? Yeah, that was kind of an... That was an upward arc shot. Yeah. yeah. That was a great shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kelsey, most important thing, does this film hold up? Yes. Fully agree with it. I, I'm not going to lie. When we got done watching it, the next day I was gonna rewatch it, but I just hadn't time to watch it. Oh. But I need to rewatch it like ASAP because it's so fucking good. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, also, I have a my inability to recognize people who look similar mm-hmm. strikes again because every time someone died in that movie, I was like, "Was that her?" And you're like, "No, it oh, wasn't yeah. her." Yeah, yeah, the the little the little side thing where like the killer is like killing these people. That looks like Nancy Allen. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of like make the police think like it's a serial killer out there. Yeah, you're. Yeah, because like I think like the, I think it was like the first or the second woman he killed. You're like, did she? It was the she? first one because it was the one where he thought he had her and she was down like mm. in a construction site or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? Holy shit! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he probably thought that was. Yeah, he did think it was her. Uh huh. He did think. I would have to say yeah. He did think it was her. And he messed up, and he thought quickly, like, "Oh, I need to make this look like the serial a serial killer." Damn, yeah. I like this movie, but, but I like I keep <laughs> I kept thinking it actually was her <laughs> because they don't give you any like any pre like idea that it is or it isn't. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes into like what Brian De Palma was doing, as in like. Well, let me like fuck with the audience and make him think that he he killed her. And you I know. really thought it was her in the train station. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's hilarious. I really have a hard time recognizing people. Yeah, and this is this was like your worst nightmare. Like, oh my god, who is who are these people? <laughs> I know. Like, what's going on now? <laughs> Who's dying this time? <laughs> did they just kill him three minutes ago? <laughs> um, all right, is there anything else? No. All right, all right. So yeah, we are we're done. The end. The end. No, I'm joking. Uh, okay, so, yeah, we would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Um, we especially like to thank the folks. Thanks. Sorry. We especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner uh, for hosting this podcast on their website for, you know, all your news, TV news, reviews, and stuff like that. Um, go to your, yourentertainmentcorner.com where our lovely co-host Kelsey is also a reviewer or writer there. Um, you can catch this episode and all the past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. What's the other one? Verbal. All that other shit. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stop to say it. I'm like, you can find it there. Find and it verbal. everywhere. Find Wherever it everywhere. you can think of, it's there. It's there. If it's in your mailbox, it, it's there. <laughs> We're in your cabinet. We're underneath the bed. We're at the window. Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, in your bathroom. We're in your bathroom right now. We're actually in the bathtub with you right now. Ew. Clean your feet. Nasty. <laughs> Don't forget to wash your legs. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Fucking white people. Uh, hey. Yay. I know you wash your legs. That's good. You're not one of them. <laughs> I'm one of the good ones. You're one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Next week. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Why not? We're going to do it. Uh, next week, our recent review will be The Conjuring 2. The Devil Made Me Do It. Da, 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 da. I used to really like the girl in that movie, and that's in that movie. Oh, the actress? Yeah. Did you ever see the first Conjuring? No. Uh, we're going to have to watch that. Do we really? Yeah, because it's like, it's the it's the couple from the first one to this yeah, one. Yeah, but doesn't she also, isn't she like in the Annabelle movies too? I don't know. I felt like she was like investigating, she's a paranormal investigator. Yeah, her and her husband? Yeah. Yeah. And But I liked her in The Departed is when I first experienced oh, yeah, her. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we keep saying like that woman. That woman. What's it? What's the, what is her name? Uh, actress. The actress, formerly known as formally, uh, not formerly. Formally known <laughs> as oh Vera. I say Vera Farmiga. I remember she was in this movie that you watched, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. She played the mother. You're like, ugh. I know. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> she has so much talent. What the fuck? You're right. She's a, she shows up in Annabelle. Uh, Annabelle comes home. Yeah, because I was, when I was writing for Screen Geek, I remember reading about her because she came out in the Annabelle thing and they were going to make another movie. And I don't, I think people were kind of like, why? <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because okay. it's like a whole universe. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Conjuring universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the movie, I keep, I, I was saying the Conjuring, the Conjuring 2. There is a Conjuring 2. This is actually the third in the Conjuring movies. Um, so yeah, we're going to be re- reviewing the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be Isn't shre- there a killer who said that? That was like a famous. The Devil Made Me Do It? Yeah. Yes. And I will tell you why. Uh, in, a, in a little bit um, so yeah The Conjuring uh, The Devil Made Me Do It will be streaming on HBO Max June 4th or if you feel like being bold uh, premiering in theaters on the same day uh, we're not going to waste our money doing that we're just going to go ahead and log into a relative HBO Max and watch it there <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that our geriatric cinematic will be 1979's The Amityville Horror I actually can't wait to show you this movie. Why? Um, if I remember correctly, this is the movie that really started like the whole haunted house thing. Like, really haunted house thing. Like, devil shit. Yeah. Um, there's like a series of like Amityville horror films. Mm-hmm. Like, eight of them or some shit I know like there, that. I know there was one that came out a few years ago that was just not good. Yeah. It was just called Amityville or something. Yeah, and there was like one that like it was a remake and what's his name was in it? Um Deadpool Cat. The Deadpool guy. Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds, yeah. He was in it. That was a bad movie. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> so yeah, our geri- geriatric cinematic will be 1979's The Amityville Horror. Um, that is also streaming on HBO Max. <laughs> the topic, very proud of this one. Uh, do the bleeding walls come with the house? <laughs> very proud of that topic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to bid everybody adieu. Uh, wash your hands, wear your mask, uh, take the motherfucking vaccine. Summer's right around the corner. Come on. Come on. We already learned the last summer that it... Oh, yeah. The, last. the summer doesn't doesn't kill the virus. Yeah. You know, if you were hoping that it would this summer, you know... It's, it's not going to do it this year. You know, same... Uh, what's it called? Uh, same... Bullshit? No. The <laughs> same, when you do the same thing, the same results. Oh. Yeah. There's a saying, but I can't remember it. I know, I know what you're saying. I just can't put it together. Yeah. It's hot in here. We're like sitting here with no AC. It's hot. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> okay, so we're going to bid you guys adieu. But before we do, I'm going to leave you guys with a nice little story. Um, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I used to live in a haunted house. Uh, I can tell y'all some fucking stories of shit I've seen and heard that would make the folks at Conjuring uh, probably blush. Or contact you and say, here's my money. From what I... Actually, I'll hold that to the next episode because there's something about that couple we could talk, definitely talk about when we talk when we talk about the Conjuring. Mm. Um, so one uh, one night, uh, I had a friend over. Uh, he was going to stay overnight. It's like during like high school, you know, we're going to stay up and like watch like scary movies and stuff like that too. And I, and I told my friend, I was like, "Yeah, like this house is haunted. This is that, whatever." And um, uh, we watched a few scary movies and we went to bed and out of nowhere, my friend screams on top of his lawns because he says he saw he just blah, just screams, right? Wakes me up, wakes my mom up and everything like that. You know, um, my mom was like, she calls me from her room because she didn't want to get out of bed. It's like two in the morning. She didn't want to get out of bed. She called me in her room and I went to her room and she's and my mom's like, what, what was that noise? You know, and I was just like, oh, it's, you know, it's so-and-so. He just screamed. He, he saw something. You know, Mom, he saw something. She's like, okay, okay. And she must have just watched Blowout. Because she looked at me and she said, it's a good screen. It's a good screen. <laughs>